Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, First Tuesday lovers, there's going to be a First Tuesday this Tuesday. Tuesday, December 5th at Nighthawk. Yeah, Nighthawk, 4744 North Kimball Avenue, 7 p.m. Be there or be square. Maya will be there. I'll be there. Mick Dumkey will be there. It'll be our last first Tuesdays. You come, and Monroe Anderson will be there, and he will sing the greatest hits of Earth, Wind, and Fire if you request it. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> My goodness, that's hilarious. Anyway, we'll first do a duo. We'll do it together. We'll do, we'll do some Bill Withers songs, okay? Uh, lovely day, lovely day. I love that song. Anyway, 47, 44, uh, North Kimball, Kimball and Lawrence, first Tuesdays at the Nighthawk. Mick Dumkey, the legendary, the great Mick Dumkey, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't make a lot of public appearances. He'll be signing autographs. Oh, it turns out that Chris Schrage. Uh, producer Chris is a huge Bill Withers fan. He'll show up and sing a little Bill Withers, too. Maybe Mick. Chris Monroe and myself will sing some Bill Withers songs and some Earth, Wind, and Fire songs. Anyway, for real, first Tuesdays, political junkies, you must be there. Political talk. That would be this Tuesday, December 5th. Be there or be square. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, November 29th starts now. On today's show, Ben welcomes back veteran journalist Monroe Anderson for Monroe Wednesdays. The Ben Jarofsky Show is a presentation of the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink, what the snow routes are so you don't park your car on a street accidentally and then uh, you wake up, your car is gone. Yeah, we've all been there. You want to keep up on what's going on at ChicagoReader.com. And if you want more Ben Jarofsky, he hangs out there too. It's ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Ed Burke Capes Wednesday. And here's why. Because some of the tapes were played in the Ed Burke trial. Oh, my Lord. What a joke this is. This is like Ed Burke. It's, it's like they're reminding us with this federal indictment case of how corrupt we are, how racist we are, how cynical we are here in the city of Chicago. Let me remind you, ladies and gentlemen, Ed Burke, who's right now in trial in federal courtroom in Chicago on corruption charges, using his immense powers as finance chair of the Chicago City Council to shake down various people looking to get business, do business with the city of Chicago, looking to get TIF deals with the city of Chicago, looking to operate Burger Kings in the city of Chicago. That Ed Burke was once the most powerful man in the city council. Two mayors that you love, Chicago, two mayors that you love more than anything, Richard M. Daly and Rahm Emanuel, thought they looked at everybody in the city council and came to the conclusion that the man most honorable, least corrupt, in the best position to oversee millions and millions and millions of dollars in city contract was Ed Burke. They knew, this is how cynical they are, they knew those two mayors that you elected, that you happily elected and voted for again and again and again. I'm a Chicagoan. I love Richard M. Daly. I'm a Chicagoan. Rah, Mayor Rah. Those two men, they knew they were, they knew Ed Burke was corrupt. But they said, that ah, hell with it. Let's make them finance chair and it was no secret to anybody that Ed Burke was corrupt. Everybody knew it. And they're like, looking the other way. He's so smart. Like it's, you know, like it's rocket science. I don't know, to, to write an agenda, 
You know, I'm looking at every single alderman in the city council right now is showing that he or she has the ability to, like, memorize Robert's Rules of Order. It's, like, not that hard. But when Ed Burke did, it was like, oh, my, here's the press corps, the mainstream press corps. He's brilliant. I've never seen a man with such mastery of the legislative process. He's actually memorized. They feed you this line, Chicago, and you eat it up. And you believe, like, you believe that Mayor Daly is so wise and in control and not let anything bad happen to Chicago. Like all the white people are like secretly thinking, thank God a black guy's not in charge anymore. Thank God a black guy's not in charge anymore. And then you're like, oh, let's elect Rahm Emanuel. He was right there next to Barack Obama. So he's got that secret sauce from Obama, even though Michelle Obama kicked him out of the White House. Get rid of him now. Everybody in Chicago was like, well, he was right there with Barack Obama. He must be good. And both of them let Ed Burke be the finance chair. And now Ed Burke's on corruption charges. Chicago's pretending like it had nothing to do with it. Oh, yeah, you got only elected the mayors who appointed Burke, finance chair. Let him shake down vendors who want to do the city. I'm sorry, allegedly shake them down. Here's the interesting thing Monroe Anderson is waiting uh, to come on. Monroe Anderson knows all about Ed Burke. Uh, here's the interesting thing about Ed Burke. Back in the 80s, this is some history that Chicagoans love to ignore. Back in the 80s, Chicago elected its greatest mayor. His name was Harold Washington. Look it up, millennials. Greatest mayor the city of Chicago ever had. And immediately, because he was a black man, a coalition of white aldermen rose up in opposition to oppose everything he stood for. Harold Washington. Why? Because it just killed them that a black guy was in charge of City Hall. It just, they woke up every morning seething that the fifth floor office that once was occupied by the great Richard J. Daly, his honor was out occupied by a black man. Oh, did that just make their blood boil? And you know whose blood boiled the most? Ed Burke, the guy that. Richie Daly and Rahm Emanuel thought was the finest public servant they could find in the city council to run. And meanwhile, he had this property tax appeal business. He was just taking down people to come do business with him, hire his firm. Richie Daly, I see nothing. What? Ed Burke's corrupt. I don't see it. Rahm Emanuel, I, I hear nothing. Here's the thing. They have uh, charged him with corruption, but he was openly racist. He openly attempted to sabotage the administration of Harold Washington because he didn't want a black man running the city of Chicago. And he thought if he sabotaged the administration of Harold Washington, like black people would turn against. He knew white people would never vote for Harold. So he thought, well, I can just crush the spirit of black people and they won't vote for him. They'll say, oh, I need my garbage picked up. I quit. I'm not going to vote for Harold Washington. So everything he did back then as a racist, apparently that's not illegal. He wasn't indicted for any of that. That is just considered politics in the city of Chicago. All right, without further ado, I'm going to bring on Monroe Anderson. Monroe, I know you have no love for Ed Burke, Alderman Ed Burke. You battled with him a lot when you were the press secretary for Mayor Sawyer. So you must have a part of you that kind of just like what smiles at wistfully or something when you see Ed Burke on trial on federal corruption charges. It must be a part of you, right? That says, yeah, you had it coming. Go ahead. Well, let's start with Harold Washington. <clears throat> Harold told me that Ed Verdoliak was a crook <laughs> a crooked businessman so all what he was doing was in the name of corruption <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm summarizing now these aren't exact quotes of him but this is what he was telling me and that ed burke was a racist wow verdoliak was not ed burke yes um ed uh ed burke was very upset with me when I was press secretary because I was interviewed by the Tribune. I, Burke had floated his name to run for mayor against Harold. And um, so I was asked uh, by the Tribune if 
Ed would be a, a good candidate. And I said <laughs> that he's a pariah. Yeah. I was on the city payroll. So that was apparently a no-no, which I didn't think about. So he threatened to have my salary cut out of the city budget in retribution for my making that statement. Yeah. I was inter interviewed by one of the local TV stations. And what I said was, and I, I if I remember correctly, I, I had one, one of my kids with me on my lap because Scott at the time was five and Kyle was two. But I said, um, I would hope that he wouldn't do this to my family because my children <laughs> really needed the money, which yeah. was true. <laughs> and so he, he, he cooled off. He didn't do it. Uh, and uh, this just uh, folks to let you know how things went down in the uh, 80s. Uh, you know, nowadays, I think we're a little more enlightened, maybe a little more enlightened the city council. Uh, so you know, Carlos Ramirez Rosa stepped down for bullying, allegedly bullying uh, older people. Uh, and he apologized for it. Uh, but back in the day, Ed Burke was just like, I'm going to get you fired, you know, and that's uh, that, that's the guy you love, Chicago. That's your guy. Okay. Uh, and uh, here's the other thing that's in the story, Monroe. I don't know if you saw it, but the story was in the Sun-Times and the Tribune. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's, it's all about how Danny Solis, the alderman of the 25th Ward, got in trouble with the feds. And so the feds sat down with him in 2016. It's so classic. And they go, what, how do the feds put it? They go, uh, uh, oh, uh, we presented Mr. Solis with some evidence uh, we had acquired. In other words, <laughs> they had the goods on Danny Solis. And they go, you know, maybe we'll uh, be a little more lenient uh, with you if you wear a wire and uh, capture. Uh, and they were really looking for Michael Joseph Madigan, but, uh, you know, to snare him in some corruption charge. So uh, they could have uh, thrown a dart at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever hit, okay, we'll go after him. Whoever that guy. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So they used, you know, they go, they landed the big tuna at Burke and they used uh, Danny. What is the fish you used to land a tuna? I don't know. A minnow. They, they put Danny Solis on the hook. What a city we have. And I'll tell you what, Monroe, here's the other thing. The worthless uh, press corps of Chicago in the 80s, they, they propped up Rodoliak and Burke. Like I said, I already talked about Burke, like his mastery. Even now you see it, his mastery of the legislative process. Anybody can memorize Robert Rules of Order. I'm looking at Ray Lowe. He's Raymond Lopez, the 15th Ward. He's he's memorizing. Nobody calls him a master of the legislative process. Ed Burke, master. And, and Verdolia was like well, he, man he, in charge. The City Hall Press back then. Yeah, go ahead, say it. Was white. Mm -hmm. They had a white mentality. Yes. And so they liked the idea of a white guy being in charge because a white guy had white people on his <laughs> on their staffs and, and white friends and the white reporters knew the white mayor, the white councilman, their white friends. Uh, the black people had no connection whatsoever. So they would have had to have gone out and developed a whole new group of sources. And um, that was too much work. Let, let me ask you this. And uh, Monroe Anderson wears many hats on the Ben DeRoxby show. One of the hat he wears, he's our, uh, our show's expert on white people, having lived <laughs> among white people for all his life. Oh, not, excuse not me, all not life. all of his life. Yeah, right. Okay. Once, I, <laughs> once I went to college. Once he, we'll get into Gary in a little bit, but once he left the, the safety of Gary, Indiana, and emerged in the larger white world, oh my God, white people are crazy. It, it's culture shock. Oh Lord. So uh, I lived among white people my whole life, Monroe, and so they still shock me. So what is it? Help me here, as our expert on white people. What is it, do you think, in their development that white people develop this notion that they're superior to black people? I thought, like, all these white people think that we just got to put a white guy in charge. You know, like, that's the whole Vallis thing. Let's just put Vallis in charge. Vallis knows how to run things, you know what I mean? White that's, people. That's how, that, it's, it's, it goes back to the very founding 
of America. You stop and think about it. Uh, the only people who could vote initially in this country were landed white men. Nobody else could vote. And it just got passed down from generation to generation. It, 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 was, it was a very fabric. Well, I'm asking you something a little different. Okay. So in the development of individual white people. Right. From the time they're born to when they get to vote. And they right. think it's a good idea to vote for Richie Daly and Rahm Emanuel right. and Ed Burke. Okay. Right. At what point in their life do they come to the conclusion that white people are superior to black people? Like uh, at what point? At three years old, four yeah. years old? You know, what, at what point? Somewhere between preschool and kindergarten. It, it varies on the individual. I don't want to group everybody together. <laughs> I mean, it's like you have to fight it. I'm telling you right now, Monroe, you have to fight it. You get what I'm saying? You go through so oh, I, I have the scars to show to prove <laughs> psychological and physical. Oh man, Monroe Anderson, ladies and gentlemen, at the Chicago Tribune, some publisher or editor type tells them there's only two types of black people in the world, those who are good and affirmative action people. I'm like, how many kind of white people are there? You just think all the white people are good? Like, yeah, was, nobody was, got this job because someone was, gave it to them? Jim Squires, who was the editor at the time. And he was quoted, this was quoted in Time Magazine. It he, was? Said, he said there are only two types of blacks in the newsroom: those who are superstars, wow. and those who are affirmative action. Or he may not use affirmative action, but it is, it, that's what he was saying. That's your Tribune, ladies and gentlemen, and oh, and they're objective when they're covering Harold Washington. That that's the attitude of the of the editor, the big guy, the big tuna quote Ed Berg, okay? The big tuna at the Tribune in the 80s. That's their guy. And there's, oh, and there's, when, yeah, when that, when, 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 when I, I was one of the few or reporters at the Tribune who believed that Harold Washington would be the next mayor. And um, one of the reporters who was covering him said to me that I was thinking with my heart, not with my head. Did that reporter go on to cover City Hall? Uh, of course. No, he, 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 he got promoted. I can't remember his name now. Uh, what difference was, does it he, make? He they're all interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. He was one Did of you hear what I said, Monroe? They're all interchangeable. Yeah, right. <laughs> White reporters at the Tribune in the 80s? Ah, what difference does it make? Uh, all right. So yesterday on the show, uh, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor came on, uh, and uh, she offered up uh, some heartfelt criticism of uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson and his administration. I urge everybody to check out that interview if you haven't already. And I urge Mayor Brandon uh, Johnson uh, to listen to uh, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor. She speaks, she has a lot of wisdom and she, and talk about, she has a big heart. She's been on the front lines for a long time. And I just, uh, my beloved left Monroe, sometimes like it's hard to take criticism, you know? And so you kind of strike out at people who make it and offer it as opposed to listening to them and trying to absorb it. I know I'm no different. We're all there. It's hard to take criticism. All of us. I'm not absolving myself of this lefties, but come on. You should listen to Alderwoman uh, Jeanette Taylor. Uh, and I urge everyone to do that. But when I told Monroe uh, that Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor would probably enjoy the 20th Ward, uh, had come on the show and, <laughs> and criticized uh, uh, Mayor Johnson. He told me that his sister, who lives in Gary, loves Mayor Johnson. So I think you got to go all the way to Gary, Indiana, Monroe, <laughs> to, find, to find someone who just absolutely loves uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson. No, I just yeah, except she doesn't like the idea of um, him making room for the immigrants. Oh my she God! Said, Come on! Yeah, right. Oh, I, Lord. As, as she spoke, I don't think she was quite making the connection between the two but she but she was critical of that saying that um we have people here that need help and we should take care of them first so we can do both 
Hello, Gary, Indiana. You can do both. In fact, here we go. Here's a radical proposal. You could help the people of Chicago. And while you're doing that, you could put them to work helping the immigrants. Whoa, mind blown. (laughs) Chicago can't conceive of that. And apparently they can't conceive of that in Gary, Indiana either. I just blew everyone's mind with that one, Monroe. Put them to work. He put people in Chicago to work building housing for the people who need housing. How about that as an idea? And get the feds to pay for it. I don't know why this is so complicated that even people in Gary, I always thought people in Gary were smarter than people in Chicago. But apparently Gary's just another extension of Chicago, Monroe, is what you're telling me. Yeah, right. It's a suburb. And they got that Chicago mentality. It's us versus them. In Gary, Gary, we get our news from the same place people in Lincoln Park get their news. Which is sad. (laughs) It's all Chicago media. Oh, my God. People in Gary were reading the the Chicago Tribune in the 1980s, that unbiased, objective coverage of Washington. My family was reading the Daily News back back in the 60s and 70s. Yes. Yes. Yeah, me, my family as well. The uh, Chicago Daily News, may it rest in peace, went out of business in 1978, I want to say. Uh, but uh, I got a big kick out of that. You got to go to Actually, I'm a, I, I, I really, um, I'm still a fan of Mayor Brandon Johnson. I, I like the approach he brings to City Hall. Uh, I like the respect he shows other people. In my opinion, Monroe, He's a breath of fresh air compared to uh, the, the last mayors we have. Is he perfect? No. Does he take my ideas and implement them? No. <laughs> uh, it Has he failed to appoint people at this uh, kind of late stage in uh, his mayoralty? Yes. Okay. Now, here I am going on and on. But compared to the last few mayors, compared to the alternative we had in the last election, Paul Ballas, Come on, Monroe. You got to admit he's better than Paul Ballas. Do you agree to that? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing is uh, Mayor Johnson means well. And so that's how he, he acts w- with the immigrants, for example. The number one thing with him is that he is a Christian. Mm. And he's doing the Christian thing. And a lot of the Christians out there are uh, selective Christians. Sometimes they do what Christ said. Sometimes they do what's in their self-interest. I'll tell you what. So this big fight over uh, Sanctuary City and the status of Chicago's Sanctuary City, follow me on this, Monroe, because I owe all this to Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor. She pointed this out to me yesterday, and it's just like stayed in my mind. So the issue here is uh, Raymond Lopez of the 15th Ward and Anthony Beal of the 9th Ward uh, want to get a referendum on the, the ballot in Chicago where the voters get to decide whether we strip our city of its status as a sanctuary city. And essentially, that will not stop busloads of immigrants from coming from Chicago. Only a dummy would think that's the case. Uh, but yeah, when their cousin calls them up and says, yeah, <laughs> yeah you can stay with us. <laughs> it, it, it's not going to stop that, but the busloads. Right. But okay. But uh, what it would do is uh, eliminate the protection uh, that immigrants have uh, from the the federal uh, police, the immigration authorities who want to kick them out, send them back to whatever country they come from, right? right. Maybe ICE. Yes, ICE. So uh, that has been positioned, okay, as an issue that uh, supposedly black residents support. And what Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor from the 20th Ward, Woodlawn, Southside, pointed out to me, a lot of immigrants in this city are African. They come from like Nigeria, Ghana, whatever. They're African. They have dark skin. Right. They're black people. Guess who else will get thrown out of the country, too, if you get rid of the sanctuary city staff? Jeanette Taylor came on on the show yesterday. Monroe had told me that. And it's like, you know how sometimes like you see the world differently because someone like reveals something like, oh, my God. Yes. It's not just Hispanic people that would be threatened. 
it would be African people. No, do you think that uh, your sister and Gary would have a bitter attitude toward uh, sanctuary city status if she knew that it was also African people that could get thrown back to their old countries? Uh, probably. I'd have to, I'll have to run that faster to see. I'm not sure. But you know what's interesting? I was, um, I've, I've been in the hospital because of the Joyce. Mm-hmm. And one of the nurses, assistants, uh, is Nigerian. Okay. And he's been, he's, he's been on the job for 30 years. And he was telling me how uh, the Ebos and the, um, oh God, I've forgotten the other tribe. Anyway, they are, uh, oh, the uh, uh, Yoruba, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they don't, um, they ignore each other. There's no unity. He said they could have some political power if they combined because it's such a large contingency of Nigerians here. That if they were to come together and forget those old tribal rivalries back in Nigeria, then they could have more political power. But but they don't do that. They it's each to each his own. So um, if they got kicked out, they may not care until it's too late. Well, I have a uh, there. I have a sense. Uh, that if Chicagoans concentrated, oh God, I'm, I'm about to say is so naive. Whenever I show faith in Chicago, <laughs> I always get nervous. But if Chicagoans concentrate on the issue and think about it a little bit, you know, and stop just like get out of the putting uh, people in certain boxes, like all immigrants are Hispanic as opposed to like Ukrainian. 30,000 Ukrainian people come to Chicago. Uh, Monroe, we had Juan Gonzalez on a, a couple of weeks ago. Great interview with him. I urge everybody to check it out if you haven't. Guy's a, a brilliant journalist. And uh, 30,000 Ukrainians absorbed in Chicago. Somehow or other, they don't count. You know what I'm saying? As immigrants. But in the minds of Chicago, oh, the immigrants are Hispanic. So if you, if you got a bias against Hispanic, which is really weird, that's something weird, then it's like, oh, I'm against Chicago Sanctuary City. But if you think of immigrants as people who look like you, you know what I'm saying, Monroe? Maybe maybe Chicagoans would like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't mind hating on uh, immigrants so much. I believe Chicagoans would vote to keep the Sanctuary City status. So I, I, want, them, I want it on the ballot. How, what's your position on it? Do you, I want it on the ballot. I want Chicagoans to weigh in on whether we remain a sanctuary city. I want Chicago to put its little Chicago mind, you know what I mean? That little brain that Chicago has on this this issue. And I believe, I have faith in my fellow Chicagoans that they will go, you know what? Sanctuary city status has nothing to do with busloads of immigrants coming in, and I'm going to vote yes to keep it. That's what I believe, Monroe. Am I hopelessly naive to have faith in my fellow Chicagoans? Go. I think if it was explained to them properly, then yes. If they were, if they, if they came to understand that Chicago is an international city, and um, what keeps Chicago in 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 some sort of power is the fact that it is an international city. Uh, The second city is on the verge of becoming the fourth city um, because it won't be long before Houston has more citizens than Chicago. Has it happened already? I I haven't paid attention. Is is Chicago still got more people than Houston? We still do, but yeah. We do? In a a minute, that could change. So uh, L.A. is two, New York's one, we're three, just ahead of Houston. Right. Uh, but we don't want uh, more people moving to Chicago. Is that right, Chicago? That's not we, – we don't want that. We want fewer people living in Chicago. Come on, Chicago, wake we, up. We have a number of sister cities all around the world, and those are very advantageous to us. Okay. So we can't be um, uh, a member of the sister city complex but at the same time, 
saying uh, we don't want no more immigrants. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It makes it makes about as much sense as Mayor Daley and Mayor Rahm looking at the city council and going, I'm going to take Ed Burke to be the finance chair. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Honesty, I'm going to have him do it. Heck of a heck of a heck of a decision, Mayor Daly and Mayor. Uh, I mean, you have to look at um, contributions, <laughs> campaign contributions. My guess is it may have a little something something to do with that. Oh right. yeah. No, and you know, Alderman Atomic Ben, you don't understand. We come to the city council, we don't know anything. We know where the bathrooms are. And there's Ed Burke. He goes, The bathroom is just down the hall. You need some paper for your your for your copy machine. And after that, they're like putty in his hands, Monroe. They're looking the other way. Burke is slick. When 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 you had the December one, December two battle going on, and the um White aldermen. Oh yeah, we're trying to pick uh, a, a black person that they thought they could manipulate. Yeah, Burke, Burke. They were having meetings all over City Hall on, on who was going to be appointed mayor, elected mayor to replace Harold Washington, and, and uh, Burke was holding meetings with Sawyer's minister. Who saw you thought a great deal about? They were praying on who, how this should happen. Herbert Martin was that who it was? Uh, no, it was, um, uh, the Wileys. Um, was a husband and, and okay. wife. They were they were Sawyer's actual ministers. No, no, yeah. Martin. Martin was an activist priest. Uh, he was Harold Washington's minister, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Was. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, so that's all right. Now, you talked about Chicago's international city. I've been waiting to uh, throw this up to Monroe. Uh, and I told him I was going to do this before the show, ladies and gentlemen, so he knows what's coming. Uh, so we've had a debate, Monroe Anderson and I, for several years about whether the value of the Bears, my beloved Chicago Bears football team. Wait, wait before you go on, yes. let me tell your dear <laughs> listeners that... You are so proud and happy because for once, <laughs> once, <laughs> once, you were right. Oh, not, not, now you can go on. Okay, yeah. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Monroe Anderson, that's like my big brother telling me I'm right. The guy, <laughs> it killed him to say it. Oh, Lord. So, okay, we've been having this debate about the Bears. I don't think the Bears are worth giving a nickel to for a new stadium at all. I don't think there's any value in it whatsoever, unless unless we're tying it to a huge economic development plan for the south side of Chicago. You know, okay, then I'm like, okay, I'm open. But just to build them a new stadium in the loop, come on, Chicago, you got to be smarter than that. And then to which Monroe would say, well, there's all this value uh, in the shots that the TV has, the camera shots of the city's beautiful uh, lakefront. The skyline is the skyline. Thank you, Monroe. The skyline. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, that was the argument. And I really didn't have a comeback for that. You know what I mean? Until I was, <laughs> I was watching a football game. Oh my goodness. And uh, I think it was a couple of weeks. I can't remember when it was, but it was New York and the New York's games aren't played in New York. They're played in Jersey and they showed <laughs> Manhattan skyline. And that's what I realized. If the bears moved to Arlington Heights, the TV cameras aren't going to show Arlington. What is to see in Arlington Heights? They're going to show the lakefront. It doesn't matter where the Bears play. They're going to show an iconic shot. And so we're going to get the um, the lakefront shot that promotes our city while those dummies in Arlington Heights pay for the Bears stadium. I'm like, <laughs> we get the best of both worlds. Arlington Heights dummies pay for the stadium. Thank you, Arlington Heights. You just throw your money away on the Bears. Go ahead, knock yourself out. And we get the shot. Monroe, do you think any TV director in the world is going to show downtown Arlington Heights? Like, oh, this will really get the people going. No, they're going to show the Shedd Aquarium, the Field Museum. They're going to even show Soldier Field empty soldier. Your thoughts, Monroe. Go ahead. 
I didn't see the game that you're talking about. So uh -huh. I'm going to have to take your word for it. Which is always a dangerous <laughs> thing. So in taking your word for it, bye-bye, yeah. Bears. <laughs> yeah. Unless you go to the south side. Yes, yeah. you go to the south side. Right. Delmarie Cobb is right. The Bears go to the south side. Well, uh, by the and that in and of itself presents a problem. Because if you go to the south side and you build a nice stadium and amusement park, Disney-like park around it, okay, and there was going to be a lot of displacement of black people, the people who have lived there for generations, uh, they are going to be priced out. Well, that if you put in... Uh... That was the argument for the Obama Center. If you if you have a community gotcha. agreement that protects people, uh, then you can limit that. Like around where the bulls are, uh, they had a community agreement that protected people. And uh, and then Ricky Hendon, shout out Ricky Hendon, uh, used his clout to get the the United Center operators, the bulls and the Blackhawks, to hire locals uh, to work in the United Center. So you can negotiate an agreement. You're you're not completely, totally, utterly helpless. Well, what's happening with the Obama Center and, and, and the community? I, Obama said, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. So okay, no, absolutely. It's a great yeah. question, and it's ongoing negotiations. Uh, Obama himself, President Obama himself, uh, at one point said he did not believe in a community agreement, did not want to sign one, didn't feel that he should have to sign one. Uh, and so there's a whole movement um, uh, uh, on the South Side to get them to sign, to get the Obama Center to sign an agreement. Uh, and uh, there's still negotiations going on that at the moment, uh, and uh, and part of it would be protecting Jay Z and Beyonce, and it happened. Say, wait, what did you just say? I said bring in Jay Z and Beyonce, and it happened. <laughs> Obama say will say okay. Did, did you see the interview Obama did? I forget who it was. Where some, the interviewer challenged him. Uh, it was a kind of funny interview. Uh, so Obama has this annual list that he puts out of all the books that he recommends and all the records that he recommends and the movies he recommends. You know, he's a big time movie producer now, uh, Barack Obama. So yeah. he's he's really doing well for himself. Good for you, Barack Obama, President Obama. Yeah, he 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 did Rush. That's that's funny. Rustin, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah Rustin. Yeah, he's the producer of Rustin, which right. I have you seen it yet? Yes, that's good. It, is it good? I, yeah. I have you saw it on T it's on Netflix, right? Yeah. 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 Uh so uh, I plan to see it. But anyway, uh so this is, I forget who it was, it'll come to me later. Challenged him. So I don't believe you've read these books. And Obama, you could tell he, he was not happy with that question. He got a little right. frosty about it. Uh yeah. What do you mean I haven't read those books? What do you think I'm a dummy? You, know, you think I'm Rahm Emanuel? God, I just put books on my list and don't he actually didn't say it. He put uh, anyway, all right, let's move on to some national news. And uh, now that we've covered the local news, uh, and uh, wow, uh, as we speak uh, in uh, Congress, uh, there's a movement uh, to oust uh, George Santos, uh, to expel him as uh, from Congress. And he, of course, is a notorious liar who the good people of uh, suburban New York uh, decided it was a good idea to elect as their congressperson which may even be a dumber decision uh, than the decision of Chicagoans to elect and reelect uh, Ed Burke uh, as Alderman of the 14th Ward and Rahm and uh, Mayor Daley. Uh, Monroe, um, I don't know. I could make an argument uh, that he should be allowed to stay in office, uh, even though he is just a grotesque liar and crook. Right. Uh, I can't. Okay. Whatsoever. <laughs> right? He lied about everything in fact let me tell you who's who's going to miss him dearly saturday night live <laughs> they did a skit yeah and the skit they, they had him lying and acting up and um at the end of it they basically said we're going to miss you <laughs> yeah <we're good. laughs> was that recently yeah yeah it'd be the last week last saturday or the week before okay yeah so was, yeah so you think he should be expelled? Oh, for sure. For, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He should have been expelled by now. The only, only reason he wasn't is um, McCarthy needed his vote. 
pathetic. Because he he literally needed his vote. Wow. But I mean, the guy he has no no talents, no skills. He lies. He was he was um, spending campaign money on um, stuff by, for himself. Uh, there's there's no redeeming quality for him unless you like cheap entertainment. All right. So let me ask you this. I'll position the question like this. Yes. Let's say uh, that he was a Democrat. Yeah. And let's say uh, he was the vote that made uh, Hakeem Jeffries Speaker of the House that gave the Democrats the majority in the House. Would you still believe he should be expelled? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Even though they would, by expelling him, you would lose your majority and you would put... Mike Johnson in charge of the House of Representatives. Uh, (laughs) This is what's wrong with your hypothetical. Oh. There is no Democrat. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Anywhere to be found. Yeah. It's comparable to Sato. What you're doing is equivalent of saying, well, what if. Um, it was a Democrat instead of Trump. Okay. He was doing all this crap that Trump is doing. Trump yeah. To, to um, become a dictator, trying to overthrow the country, then I would say we get rid of the Democrat. Yeah, I, I'm with you. By the way, I was playing hypothetical, but you are right. Here, how about that? Of course, I say he's right all the time. He's a big brother. Uh, but you are right. You're absolutely right. Monroe, I've lived through so many corrupt Democratic. I don't see anybody rallying to Ed Burke's side at this moment, you know, saying, Oh my right. God, it's a they're right. picking on Ed Burke. You know, right. you don't see anybody doing that. Right. Right. And, uh, so, so you're you're well, correct. Except maybe a, a, a few um property. People. <laughs> <laughs> no, not now. He hasn't signed the paper yet. He hasn't passed uh, it. I, I just gave him the brown paper back. <laughs> people want their money back, maybe, but uh by the way, that's the other thing about Ed Burke. Go back to that one. They, they, they didn't put this in the paper, but this is how uh, corrupt Chicago is. So after they, they talk about how uh in the paper when they're summing up uh so this sit down with Danny Solis occurred in the summer of 2016, where the Fed said, "Look, Danny, this is what we got on you. Wear the wire." Uh, and then the bust of Ed Burke's office occurred in November of 2018, a little more than two and two years later, where the Feds went into his office, and that triggered to everybody in Chicago that there was a federal investigation. Shortly thereafter, Burke had a fundraiser, and people lined up. Monroe, that's like, wow, look at look at Chicago lined up for Ed Burke. You know what I'm saying? They're like, because they, they weren't quite sure that the king was dead. You know what I'm saying, Monroe? They're like, he may this he may beat this investigation, so I better line up anyway. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I, oh, man, that's Chicago. I, I was with you the whole time, uh, Alderman Burke. I really was. Uh, so uh, anyway, all right. Yeah, I think you're right. So expel him. Uh, Santos, yeah, yeah, expel. I don't even know what the um procedure is. Uh, I do not know New York election law, so if Santos is expelled, yeah, they'd, they'd have another election and, and and a Democrat would win the seat. Yeah, this is why this, the Republicans have been foot dragging on this <laughs> for so long, uh, and it's a big deal, you know. I mean, um, th- there only been, I think, three. Congressman expelled, yeah, and two of them were Confederates. <laughs> so only one who was just Santos-like. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's this is why I mean they be, there there are certain sacred cows that you don't touch in politics. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, in Chicago, an alder is supposed to be in charge of his ward. That's his turf, and mm-hmm. you don't tell him what to do. Yeah, This is why 
um, there's a lot of um, restlessness among the council members now because that rule has been broken with the placement of these um, facilities to house the immigrants. Tent cities. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Yeah. No, that. Uh, uh, but in Chicago, I mean, they have a rule that that it has, has not been really violated is that if you are alderman, it's your ward, and you don't want something to happen, it doesn't happen. Well, well, it gets violated from time to time. It's more yeah. my favorite topic. It, yeah. I can recall times when it was violated with right. mayor. Mayors allow aldermen to think they have that prerogative or privilege until right. the mayor doesn't want them to have it, yeah. at which point they don't yeah. have it. Right. So you yeah, can't say it exists yeah. if it only exists because someone lets it exist. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you right. know, uh, so, but yeah, but if, uh, so usually the, they let the alderman go, all right, go shake down, go shake down the guy looking for the zoning thing. And then when you shook him down good enough, then come back to us and we'll give him the zoning thing. I, I that's how it works in Chicago. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> yeah, heck of a city you got here in Chicago. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm with you. You've convinced me. Uh, vote him out of office. I don't care. All right. Uh, it, something else I've noticed. Um, we'll get to some Trump news. Uh, Donald Trump has been uh, pounding his chest. Uh, he's got the nomination all pretty much sewed up, even though there hasn't been one election yet. Nikki Haley. Uh, Nikki Haley got the Koch brothers, what's left of their uh, operation, to endorse her. Uh, and. Uh, it's like the last effort, the last effort they're going to rally around. All the anti-Trumpers, I think, are going to rally around Nikki Haley. Monroe, does this change in any way your prediction that Donnie Trump is going to be the Republican nominee? Or do you think uh, that Nikki Haley has a chance to beat him? I don't think she does. But, but uh, it, it, it makes me watchful. Before, it wasn't even, it, it wasn't even worth thinking about. Look at the numbers, but now uh, uh, she, Nikki Haley has a ground operation. Uh, she is MAGA enough. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, she, even when she's not being MAGA, she 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 finds some way to disguise it. Uh, she's she's a woman. So they can use that she's younger than Biden. Uh, she's she's the daughter of immigrants, I think. And, and so she has uh, things going for her. But uh, she won't beat Biden if she does get it. She won't beat Biden either. Biden, I've said this before, I will say it again. Biden is the most underestimated politician in America. Yeah. I mean, he keeps, he keeps going. He's, he, he's the Everest bunny, Everest bunny. He just keeps going and going and going. Uh, and he's producing. I mean, this, this whole Middle East thing. I mean, he is, he has maneuvered this so brilliantly because he knows all the players. He's had relationships with them. So being old it actually works in his favor. And I, I, and I say that as a geezer. <laughs> there, there's certain advantages to having lived long enough and, and, and um, knowing where all the potholes are. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I just spent uh, a Thanksgiving vacation with a whole bunch of millennial lefties who are so mad at Biden. Uh, and many of them are pledging not to vote for him uh, in 20. 24 and so i just uh, i just listen you know okay well we'll see you know it's right, right around the my my guess is when the time comes and the rubber mm -hmm. hits the road they will vote for him if trump is the candidate yeah now if, if yeah. it's a nikki haley my guess is they just will stay home and protest or, or vote for the left whatever green party candidate is in the yeah, right, right or stay yeah. home yeah right. well that's the same thing yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Cornell West is a stay home vote. 
Actually, I, I think he's been challenged. Don't quote me in this, but I think Jill Stein is thinking of running. So Cornell West does not have the Green Party nomination oh, sewn right, up. Yeah, right. No, there's the Kennedy. <laughs> well, Kennedy's running as a libertarian, which yeah. is hilarious now, man. I'm watching this. This, this Okay, so when Kennedy was running against Robert F. Kennedy Jr., baby, baby RFK, was running against um, uh, Joe Biden in the Democratic primary. Monroe, this is a trip. Uh, the Republicans loved him. They loved Kennedy. They were all extolling his virtues. Oh, I like Kennedy. Trump right. was saying, hey, I like him. Uh, and then Kennedy saw that he was going nowhere uh, as a candidate uh, in the Democratic Party. He's crying, man. They were like, the rules are against me. I'm like, well, it's the Democratic Party. Like, right. they get to write the rules. Right. You know, it's like, you win, you get to write the rules. Right. Uh, you know, if, if you have your annual Christmas party this year, I'm gonna invite about 30 of my friends to it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you know, like all the young Bernie voters in 2016, their first time around, they're rookies. They're like, oh, I'm outraged because the Dems are conspiring against Bernie. Duh. <laughs> Welcome to the party, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to politics in America. Yeah. Oh, I'm bad. I'm going home. And sometimes these young lefty voters, man, they're like uh, Zach Levine and the Bulls. Oh, I don't, I'm tired of playing for the Bulls. My foot hurts. I'm going to stop playing. <laughs> All right. Is that how it works? Okay. Just going to go home? All right. Uh, but uh, anyway, so now they're ripping Robert Kennedy. Isn't that wild, Monroe? They're like, just... <laughs> Oh, he's he's what a flake. What you know, because he's running as a libertarian, and they realize he's gonna take more Republican votes exactly. as a libertarian yeah. from Donnie yeah. than uh, yeah, right. exactly. From Biden. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's it's just uh, the Republicans are so just out of out of out of whack. I mean, they just they 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 want they said they wanted to um interview. Hunter Biden. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they wanted to interview. Uh, they, 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 they want him to testify. Yeah. They subpoenaed him. But they don't want to do it in public. They want to do it behind closed doors. Yeah. And um, he outsmarted him. He said, okay, uh, I'll, 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 I'll honor the subpoena. But it has to be open. Yeah, need a little daylight here, because otherwise, you, you, I'll do the the subpoena, and you'll go out since nobody heard it, and and come up with um, your own version of it, like uh, George Santos and Hunter Biden are best friends. They play poker together every Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> they just make up stuff. Yeah, they'll just make but it up. Do. Whereas if you, they don't have anything to run on to insist that happened that was criminal. And so uh, it's it's basically like it was with Benghazi, where they're, they're just going with it and going with it and going with it because they think it's a good campaign issue. Yeah. And, and they're really after his father, but again, they don't have anything to go on, so they have to make it up. No, I, uh, as a junkie, I follow it from the time to see what they got on it, but uh, I know that most people in this country aren't paying any attention to it. Right. Uh, and uh, But what it, the, the, it, what it serves, uh, it feeds the notion uh, that somehow or other there's an equivalency between what Trump has done and what Biden has done. And so it feeds the notion that they're all crooks, Right. Uh, and so that justifies in some someone's mind. Well, I'll just vote for Trump because they're all crooks, right. which is you've heard it, Monroe, from Chicago voters. That's a justification Chicagoans have for voting for Daly all those years. So it's not just MAGA that does it. Chicagoans do it as well. Oh, they're all crooks. I'm going to vote for Daly. You know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> they're all crooks. You're going to vote for the, the party, the political movement that is the crookiest crook. Okay. That's your. Uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, so I'm, I, yeah, I applaud it. I say, yeah, let's have the hearing. Let's go open hearing. Let's go. And all of a sudden they want to close here. I'm watching all these MAGA types on TV Monroe. They're like, I want a closed hearing because I, it doesn't even make sense. They want an open hearing for Trump, but they want a closed hearing for Biden, uh, right. Hunter Biden. You know? Right. 
Come on, guys. It's, 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 they want whatever will, will either give them the power or allow them to keep the power. Yes. It has nothing to do with principle. It has nothing to do with patriotism. It's just incredible. All right. So uh, we're going to get to principle in a little while. We're going to talk about Jimmy Carter. Uh, but before we get to Jimmy Carter, tonight is the debate between Ron DeSantis uh, and Gavin Newsom. And uh, I predict that Monroe Anderson will watch it, political junkie that he is. Uh, and this is a debate that, of course, is uh, the, the, I mean, it's just a form of entertainment. Right. And the New York Times, which is, you know, I remain a faithful uh, subscriber to the New York Times, Monroe, but sometimes their headlines, they're just... I don't know where I don't know who writes their headlines, uh, but it, generally they're written to to, to scare a uh, baby boomer, liberal baby boomers uh, to clicking. Uh, but this one is uh, particularly fanciful. This is a showdown for 2028. It says 2028. Uh, and first of all, DeSantis is getting clobbered New York Times in 2024. I don't know how you think he's going to emerge from 2024 as a front runner. And secondly, if Trump wins. In 2024, do you think, New York Times, there's going to be an election in 2028? Oh, Trump can only serve two terms, New York Times. Oh, Trump's never tried to, like, radically change the rules, like declaring himself the winner when he lost. God, is the New York Times clueless sometimes, Monroe? You hear me? This yeah. is a showdown for 2028. Oh, yeah. Then, what about 2024? Go ahead. They're, they're thinking in terms of selling newspapers. Not yeah, so. I mean, it's it's much more attention getting if this is truly a contest. Yeah, and uh, it's not going to be a contest with with the uh, with the Santos. He's getting He's now third place. Right. He's in third place in twenty twenty four. He's fading fast because because. He's he's not a good politician. He's a terrible politician. He's a dumbass. And he 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 doesn't like people. Yeah. And that's sort of like one of the things you really have to be um good at is is liking the people that you're trying to get to vote for. You. Yeah. By the way, so you are gonna watch the debate, correct? Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I called it. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if um, I'm going to watch all of it because I fully expect um, Newsom to wipe up the floor. <laughs> which is he's pretty good. Uh, Newsom. He's pretty good on his feet. Uh, he's quick on his feet. DeSantis has not impressive in the uh, in the Republican debates at all. All right, uh, let's close Ros uh, with the Jimmy Carter news. Uh, Rosalind Carter uh, died. Uh, the other day, she was, uh, how old was she, 90, wow, 96 years old. Uh, and, uh, and Carter is 99. 99, wow. And they, and they, um, and they were uh, married 70-some years. Man, damn, Monroe, that just blew my mind. And we were all, I know time is passing, and they, there was footage of, of uh, uh, Jimmy Carter being wheeled out by an assistant uh, to, at the funeral service, and he looks so old. I'm like, Jimmy Carter. I mean, they don't make him like Jimmy Carter anymore, Monroe. That man is just, he's tough as nails. He just, right. they, people counted him out on so many levels, so many times. Uh, and just like people were saying he was going to die. And here it is. He outlived his wife. Right. I know. Well, he had brain cancer a few years ago. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's been, and he's been, he's been in hospice for 10 months now. I mean, you know, and he's this guy, and I've said this before, my respect for Jimmy Carter is so high right now. I mean, the way he lived his life after right. he was president. Right. It's just I mean that he, man of he chose to do it, it wasn't by accident. He said, in fact, that he was gonna be the best ex president ever. And he's he's done that. He's accomplished yeah. that. He really has. I mean, he just uh, he like all the other ex-presidents went out and made a pile of money, you know, Clinton, Obama. They uh, well, I don't know. Bush kind of lay low because who knows? Well, what's going on. He already had. 
<laughs> that usually doesn't stop rich people from wanting more of it. But yeah, yeah. this is true. I'm sure he has some. He has ways that we they just, we just don't, don't know about. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Uh, but Jimmy Carter, like he was building houses for the poor. He was Reagan, like monitoring elections. Yeah, you Reagan, know. Reagan was doing half a million dollar speeches to the Russians or someplace like that. Yeah. Yeah. And Carter never, you never heard Carter do that. It was all about service. Right. And he, I just have never seen, I'm trying to think of Amer an American who used his uh, position of fame to advance civilization as opposed to get getting rich i can't well, think know, of one right now go yeah, ahead that's that's partially a modern construction that we have in that okay the way we ended up with a pension for presidents is is that um uh, um truman truman yeah truman was, was uh, almost homeless because he didn't have enough money to live off of after that. Uh, and so they said, oh, wait, we we can't have the, the former president of the United States out, out, out with a, a, um, a, a um, tag day. Yeah. On. Yeah, no, that's true. And listen, I'm not hating on Obama uh, or Clinton uh, for making money. You know, I mean, that's the American way. Uh, but I don't know. Sometimes it's just, it's really hard to, like, particularly with Clinton. I mean, that dude hanging out with uh, just some of the scummiest people on the earth, Epstein, et cetera. But I, uh, well, I just, at least he did it after his presidency. <laughs> Trump did it before doing Yeah, well, that's true, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's no comparison. Right. I mean, there's, again, once again, there's no comparison between Trump and the Democrats, right? You know what I'm saying? They're, yeah. Uh, but I... Um, oh, so, and since we're doing Trump real quickly. Okay. Uh, one of the stories that have just surfaced mm -hmm. is one of the people that he pardoned on the very last day was this guy who the FBI oh, was yeah. using uh, as a key witness and they had, the, they had the screws in him and then Trump says okay and this guy was selling drugs and doing all kind of corrupt stuff for yeah. and, and Trump pardons him and and um, he says, "Okay, <laughs> sorry, I got my get out of jail free card." Yeah, I don't have to. Yeah, right. no, I saw that. I saw that. Hey, you know, I've been making fun of the New York Times. They did a big investigation on him. Uh, I mean, the New York Times, just so you understand, uh, offers a lot. I offers a lot of news, a lot of investigations, but man, the packaging of it is pretty pathetic. Uh, all right, so Monroe, we, we'll close with uh, sharing some admiration for Jimmy Carter. Uh, do you now recognize him as the greatest president of your lifetime? I don't. I, I, <laughs> I didn't think so. I didn't think you were going to go there. I know, but I, I like I liked Jimmy Carter all along. But I just, I, I, he was he was he was so well meaning and such a good guy. That um, he he was easy to take advantage of, you know. Uh, Reagan cut a deal with with um, the Ayatollah. Yep. That um, we'll keep the prisoners um, until till your day, and then we'll let them go. Which really yep. makes you look great. Yep, that is so true. William Casey, look it up, ladies and gentlemen. Went over and cut a deal. Uh, and then later on, oh my goodness, uh, remember uh, trading arms, giving, uh, selling arms to uh, Iran so you could use the money to fund the Contras in Nicaragua. And that was the Ronald Reagan yeah. uh, contrivance as well. Uh, and we were being told at the same time how much we were supposed to hate uh, the Iranian leaders and they were our enemies. And meanwhile, we're selling them arms. Wow. Reagan got away with it. Yeah, he did. He did. 
uh, although I think it's because he had Alzheimer's, so they, they can say he was taking a nap <laughs> when that happened. He, oh, he didn't know what's going on. Uh, that's the first time I heard the phrase plausible deniability. And I, yes. I that, that was a, a talk, talk about a cynical phrase. Right. Uh, so you set up the president or the mayor, whoever, uh, to be positioned to claim that he or she had no idea uh, what was going on, even though. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's plausible, believable. It's not just saying it's true. It's right. saying it's plausible. It's believable. Right. And it's like, man, you talk about a cynical phrase, Monroe. That is pretty cynical, you know. And you're right. Jimmy Carter was a man of principle. Yes. Uh, and so he just he he even he even confessed it with lusting in his heart. <laughs> he did. He did. In that interview, right. I have lust in my heart. I I've never cheated on Rosalind, but I have lusted in my heart. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. If I could get away with this, I hit that. <laughs> Monroe was about. He was a young man when that came on. He was like, I'm lusting everywhere. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll refrain from going down memory yeah, right. lane with Monroe. Uh, yeah. Um, my, my thing was, thank God I'm a hedonist. <laughs> yeah, you were a hedonist. <laughs> All right. That's the great Monroe Anderson. Every uh, Wednesday uh, on my show, and he alluded to uh, his wife's. Uh, and this is a shout out to Joyce. Hope you're feeling better. Uh, much love, uh, Joyce. And um, remember how I used to beg her to come on the show. She'd never come on the show, Monroe. Uh, <laughs> but she would be telling me what I should say. Right, right. right. You know, this is what you should say. Right, right, right. <laughs> Why don't you come on the show and say it? No, right. you just say it, okay? Right. Hope you're feeling better, Joyce. Uh, all right, Monroe, we'll see you next week, all right? All right, okay. All right, very good. That's the great uh, Monroe Anderson, legendary uh, Chicago journalist. Also want to thank producer Chris. He's done an outstanding job. Monroe will agree with me when I say, hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can always catch up on previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, and columns from Ben Jarofsky all at chicagoreader.com. Follow Ben on Instagram at Benny J Show. And please like and subscribe to The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.